Good morning. Today's date is August 28th, 2022, and we are reading from the Big Book of AA, pages 98 to 99. Karen C. will be our reader, followed by a 20-minute share by Jillian. And Karen C. Hi, this is Karen C., recovered compulsive overeater. Now the domestic problem. There may be divorce, separation, or just strained relations. When your prospect has made such reparation as he can to his family and has thoroughly explained to them the new principles by which he is living, he should proceed to put these principles into action at home. That is, if he is lucky enough to have a home. Though his family be at fault in many respects, he should not be concerned about that. He should concentrate on his own spiritual demonstration. Argument and fault finding are to be avoided like the plague. In many homes, this is a difficult thing to do, but it must be done if any results are to be expected. If persistent in for a few months, the effect on a man's family is sure to be great. The most incompatible people discover that they have a basis upon which they can meet. Little by little, the family may see their own defects and admit them. These can then be discussed in an atmosphere of helpfulness and friendliness. After they have seen tangible results, the family will perhaps want to go along. These things will come to pass naturally and in good time, provided, however, the alcoholic continues to demonstrate that he can be sober, considerate, and helpful, regardless of what anyone says or does. Of course, we all fall much below this standard many times, but we must try to repair the damage immediately, lest we pay the penalty by a spree. If there be divorce or separation, there should be no undue haste for the couple to get together. The man should be sure of his recovery. The wife should fully understand his new way of life. If their old relationship is to be resumed, it must be on a better basis since the former did not work. This means a new attitude and spirit all around. Sometimes it is to the best interest of all concerned that a couple remain apart. Obviously, no rule can be laid down. Let the alcoholic continue his program day by day. When the time for living together has come, it will be apparent to both parties. Thank you. Good morning. I, uh, my name is Jillian and I am a compulsive overeater and I live in Pennsylvania. Um, I'll start off today by just giving you a little bit of a history about um, my issue with food. I, for years and even longer than years, for, for decades, I tried very many diets and weight loss plans, exercise programs, cleanses, um, some of which I tried Weight Watchers, I tried a juicing cleanse, I tried different diets like vegan diet and the very last diet that I tried before coming into program was the keto diet. Um, and the result of all of these um, things that I tried was that they would work to some extent. You know, I would sometimes lose weight, um, sometimes um, a little bit and sometimes a little more, but eventually I would, um, fall off the wagon and I would revert to my old way of eating and regain whatever weight I had lost and um, perhaps even more. 
Um, I just couldn't maintain the weight loss. I couldn't maintain the 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 meal plan or the diet, and um, and I never achieved a healthy body weight. So I thought I had. I always thought I had a food problem. I didn't understand that I had a physical addiction to certain foods and certain food ingredients. Um, and I also didn't understand that I had um, a problem with my mind, which kept leading me back to those ingredients that I was addicted to. Um, so after I um, did the keto diet, um, and the keto diet, I, I will say, was the most successful one that I um, had tried over the years. Um, I was, I felt really good. I wasn't hungry very much. I actually did lose um, more weight than I ever had, you know, up, up until that point. And I had eliminated one of my alcoholic foods. Um, I didn't have a language for it then. I didn't know what it was I was doing, but um, I wasn't eating sugar. And so my body did respond to it. But after a few months, <laughs> um, my mind, you know, got restless and my body, um, even though it was responding to the, to the food, um, was just started craving other, the foods that I had, you know, I had let go. And once again, I fell off the wagon and, uh, proceeded to, you know, eat all the foods that I, that got me to the point that I was at that time. Um, and it was at that point that I came to the conclusion that I, clearly do not have the willpower to stay off certain foods. And I just, you know, have to just um, find a way to eat as moderately as I can, because trying to eliminate certain foods just doesn't work for me. And so that's the conclusion that I had come to um, prior to coming to OA. Um, so two years ago in July, um, this past July, it was two, two years. Um, I came to OA and I was introduced by a couple of friends um, and learned about the steps, learned about the allergy of the body and the twist of the mind. And I, something within me led me to just throw myself into the program and put aside my thoughts about um, anything that I, thought that would work for me in the past because I had demonstrated to myself that I didn't have the answer. And so I was willing, I was willing when I came in to listen to my sponsor and to do exactly what she told me to do, even though I didn't like a lot of what she asked me to do. So when I started, I worked with um, my sponsor to identify um, what I came to learn were my al alcoholic foods and and alcoholic food ingredients. And I also worked with a nutritionist to determine what my food plan was. Um, and I, was, I started to eat a weighed and measured food plan. Um, so I just wanted to mention um, on page 568 of the big book, um, Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. And so 
even though I didn't really know what I was doing, I didn't know what the big book was about when I first came into program, I needed to just set aside any notion of, um, of what would work and just listen to what I was told to do. Um, I had to be willing and that meant doing things that I didn't want to do, doing things I didn't understand. Um, I needed to be honest and just be um, fully transparent about the foods that I was eating, about uh, my behaviors um, with food. And I needed to be open-minded, which meant that none of this made sense to me. I didn't understand what spirituality had to do with food. <laughs> but I did it anyway. And that's what um, led me to recovery. So, um, so currently I am uh, a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I have released 75 pounds in the two, year, two years since I joined program. And I have food neutrality, meaning that if I'm working steps 10, 11, and 12, and keeping spiritually fit to the best of my ability, I don't crave food. I don't crave those foods that brought that um, are my allergic foods. And that truly is a miracle. And uh, it's not anything that I could have done by myself. Um, so I will go on to the text now and talk about um, today's reading. So I am gonna talk about the, the strained relations uh, part. I have never been married, so I, I'm not, I've never been divorced or separated, but I do have strained relations with family members. And one of my, one of the uh, most difficult relationships I have in my life is that with, that I have with my dad. Um, and that relationship with my dad has been strained since I was a teenager. Um, my dad is quite headstrong and um, in my opinion, controlling and wants things his way. And so I had a pretty strict upbringing. Um, my just um, my social life, my, um, prof my uh, education as well. Um, those are all things that he had a notion of how um, I should live my life. And um, I you know, needed to sort of just abide by his, um, his uh, rules. And I over years developed a lot of resentment towards him. Um, because of that. And a lot of, um, so just starting from when I was a teenager, we butted heads a lot because I'm, you know, quite stubborn as well. And um, it was just a lot of tension that I carried with me and resentments that I carried with me over the years. Um, and I put a lot of blame on him for aspects of my life that I didn't like. So, so when I came into program, um, my first sponsor, you know, took me through the steps. And when we got to step four, I was asked to do, you know, 
to, to do an inventory on um, the people in my life that I have resentments towards. And so I did one on my dad. Uh, my first attempt was writing a page long analysis of all the things that bothered me about him. And that did not um, do anything except bring, you know, bring up all of the resentment once again. Um, my second attempt, once I had talked to some fellows and got some more clarity about the fourth step was shorter and um, it was in bullet points. And I was able to just keep it succinct and to the point and work through it um, faster. So when I got to the fourth column, um, I needed to identify my part um, of things. And I looked, I looked that up um, in preparation for this uh, talk. Um, so all my life, I had always thought that, you know, I had absolutely nothing. I, I did nothing wrong in this relationship. All of the fault that, you know, laid with my dad. But in taking a look at the fourth step, what I came to see is that I was selfish and dishonest and self-seeking, and I did have a lot of fear as well. Um, some examples of my selfishness is that I wanted my dad to be a different person than he was, um, and I wanted my upbringing to be different than it was. You know, I wanted control over, over him. Um, my dishonesty, um, it, what, some of my dishonesty was that I always thought that I was better, quote unquote, better than him. Um, but the truth is, I was, I'm just as stubborn and just as self-willed as he is. Um, and I want my way just as he does. Um, and also dishonest was blaming him for the aspects of my life that I didn't like without acknowledging that I did have um, some accountability for the decisions that I made in my life. Um, Self-seeking, holding on to this resentment towards him for years um, and also just withdrawing from the relationship. There was times when um, there was a period of time that I didn't talk to him and, um, and I also just always sort of just held myself back from the relationship. And my fear, my fears um, were that I just couldn't let this resentment go. It was just um, so deep and um, so fixed that I just didn't see that I, I couldn't. I couldn't see a way out of uh, out of it, and just a fear that will all that it would always be a difficult relationship. Um, so I got through the fourth step, and. Um, you know, went through, continued through the steps and got to amends. So to go back to the reading, um, it taught, it's the part that says, when your prospect has made such reparations as he can to his family. So the reparations that I made, you know, were amends, step nine. Um, and my dad was one of the last, um, amends that I made because it was a very, I was very reluctant to do so. And I, and it was being one of the most difficult relationships in my life. 
I um, started with the ones that were easier. Um, so I, you know, I was getting, I got to him close to the end of my list. Um, and I did make amends with him. And I don't quite remember I, I, um, exactly what I said, but I know that it had to do, I apologized for blaming him for, um, for the years, over the years for the aspects of my life that I didn't like. I apologized for, you know, not talking to him for the period of time that I did, um, that I didn't talk to him and that for being unwilling to see uh, my part in my life decisions and for, you know, just carrying this grudge um, against him. And so, and when I was done with the apology or making the amends, I opened the, you know, opened the floor to him and, um, and had him, you know, respond in any way that he wanted to. And we talked through some um, issues in the that have that have come up in the past, and he got to sort of release his part of, um, of what he was feeling or thinking about um, those um, aspects of our, of our relationship. And it truly did feel at the end that there was a weight lifted, and um, I was able to just put that weight down. And uh, after the call, I felt very <laughs> exposed and vulnerable and, um, but, and very open and just a very unfamiliar feeling, but something had shifted in my relationship with him. Um, and going forward from that, I, from then I just felt more accepting towards him and just uh, more open uh, towards him as well. But this, um, in my experience, the, you know, this is not a one and done process. Um, the relationship um, continues to evolve. The resent resentments and fears and anger, you know, continue to come up. And I have needed to continue to work my steps 10 and several, at least three other three two or three other step fours on my dad as these issues arise i you know need to go back to um step four and take a, a deeper look at at the at the issues so i can you know release them um and the so my dad and i don't live in the same country so i don't see him often but i did visit with him last um november and um it was so I, it brought up, it stirred up a lot of resentment and it brought my walls back up. Um, but my younger brother did mention to me that I was not as reactive as I usually uh, am when it, around my dad and he could see a change in me and I could, it's a little bit hard to, to see or to feel um, the change within yourself, but um, but I could tell that there was a little bit of progress and, um, and it was clear to my brother as well. So there is progress. Um, and then I just want to go back to the text um, on page 98. So though his family be at fault in many respects, he should not be concerned about that. So one of the things that came up during this visit was uh, talking about the past. And whenever my, the past comes up with my dad, 
nothing positive ever comes from that from that conversation because we just see um, we just have a different experience of the past. Um, and so what this is telling me is that my focus should not be on dad's what I perceive are his faults. Um, and then the sentence that he should concentrate on his own spiritual demonstration. So I need to focus on keeping my side of the street clean and not on um, trying to point out other people's side of the street. Um, arguments and fault finding are to be avoided like the plague. Um, so it's very clear to me now that bringing up the past just leads us to argue an argument and that's been the pattern over the years and so um i need to just not bring up the past and if i need to process the past i can do so but not with my dad because it's just not constructive for me and for him either um and i am currently reading the family afterward with my sponsor and one quote that came to mind when I was working on this is on page 125 when it says, um, so we think that unless some good or useful purpose is to be served, past occurrences should not be discussed. Um, and so I know when I bring up the past, nothing good or useful comes from that. So I just need to let it go. Um, and then back to page 99. Little by little, the family may see their own defects and admit them. These can then be discussed in an atmosphere of helpfulness and friendliness. Um, so the, the key word there is may. Um, it's not my job to point out other people's defects. Um, my dad may or may not see his defects, um, but that really just isn't my business. Um, so, what I um, continue to learn from my higher power and what I hear a lot from my higher power when I, um, when I do my 10 steps is to accept other people as they are and not to try and change them. Um, as for years, I just thought that my dad should be different than he is and that I would be the relationship would be healed if he was different than he is. Um, but that's not what's asked of me. Um, I need to just uh, accept other people as they are and not try to change them. Um, and I also hear from my higher power to seek my serenity, my security, my value, and my worthiness from my higher power and not from other people. And in closing, um, on page 99, how can I continue to demonstrate? Um, I need to learn or I need to um, investigate, I guess, and seek for my higher power, how I can continue to demonstrate that I can be sober, considerate, and helpful um, in this relationship, regardless of what my dad says or does. Um, and so I know that I can be sober by continuing to work the steps and to maintain my abstinence and my recovery. Um, um, perhaps I can be considerate by not paying attention to his side of the street, but focusing on mine. And I can be helpful 
um, by just being more open to him and um, and just be more being more available to him. So that's what I have, and thank you for letting me do service.